They always wanna see us down, never come around. But you gon' witness greatness when I come and snatch your crown. See, I ain't never been the type of way to mess around. Cause I'm all about my business and I move without a sound. Queens working silence, trying to stop the violence. Cause I'm killing my goals, here's my story, you're invited. Hey, and welcome to another episode of Pink Lemonade, an original podcast by the Skinny Black Girls Code. My name is Whitney B, and I am your host. And today we're gonna talk about how you can turn your life around with better choices. Keep it locked. Hey, Happy New Year, everybody. It is January 1st, 2018, and I am super excited to kick off another season of Pink Lemonade, season two. Whether you made a New Year's resolution or not, we have, oh, 364 days to get things right by our own standards. Now, while you may not know what the year will bring, one thing is constant. We're going to make a ton of choices. Some of them might be good. Some of them might be bad. But it's inevitable that when we make moves, we have to make choices. So whether you're living your life by your goals or living by intentions, some of these decisions that we are going to make in 2010 are going to be life altering. So I was thinking to myself as I was thinking about what I wanted to talk about for today's podcast, and it hit me that a lot of times I've said yes to a lot of things, and then after a while, I regretted that decision. Has that ever happened to you? You know, when you're so excited about something or you say yes to something very quickly, and then later on, you realize that you probably shouldn't have made that decision. Well, maybe the decision that you made seemed good at the time, but now you realize it wasn't the best one. Now, making a bad or hasty decision is is natural. It's something that's a part of life. Because let's keep it real. Every time that we make a decision, we make a gamble and hope that what we choose turns out for the best and is advantageous to us. So as we move forward in the new year, I want you to take the time to reflect on decisions that you've made in 2017, 2016, 2015, whenever. You know, just kind of think about the last several years and how you've gone through the decision-making process. I don't know about y'all, but I'm over moving just into situations, whether it's um, just within business or just in my personal life that just don't it, they don't serve me in a positive way. Granted, we can't always immediately spot things that are not for us in the beginning, but it's so important to be proactive and understand how we make decisions and how that can dictate, dictate the problems or the opportunities that we attract in our life. So I did a little bit of research and I came across uh, a study by the Roberts Wesleyan College. So they say on average, adults make about 35,000 remotely conscious decisions every day. Sounds crazy, right? Um, (laughs) A funny fact that I found within that research is that on average, we actually make 227 decisions each day just on food alone. Um, And that was actually from a separate uh, research from Cornell University. So you have to think about it. As your level of responsibility increases, so does the amount of choices that come equipped with those particular responsibilities. I was talking to my husband about some of the things that I found last night. And he was like, no, no way. Like, we don't make that many decisions. But when you think about it, it makes a lot of sense because, I mean, we have free will, right? So, you know, because of free will, we can make a ton of choices. You know, think about it. You think about what to eat, obviously, (laughs) what to wear, what filter you choose to put on your Instagram videos or photos, what do you want to purchase, the stuff that you believe in, the jobs and careers that you want, how you want to vote, who you want to spend your time with, who you want to date and what you say, how you say it, if whether you want children, where you want to live, and how you want your attitude to even be for an entire day. I mean, 
I think, you know, that says a lot. You just have to really think about some of the different decisions that we make. I mean, we really make a lot of decisions and a lot of them, we don't even think of them as decisions. They're just things that we do naturally, right? You know, there's a ton more that I didn't even mention, but just think about the decisions that you make in your everyday life. Sometimes they're decisions, they're, they're carefully made, but other times they can be made based on what we think we want others to want. Um, sometimes we carefully evaluate them through lists. Sometimes we try to make other people make decisions for us because we just don't have the confidence or just don't want to deal with certain things ourselves. And sometimes we're impulsive. So that last one in particular, I'm very guilty of it. Um, I would say really I'm 26, about to be 27 in a few days, and I'm very guilty of impulse decision-making, um, especially during the early part of my years. I've gotten a lot better, but um, it's definitely been something that was a hindrance to my life. Most particularly, I remember this story. It, it was something that happened to me. When I was a student in college, I went to Wilberforce University, and Wilberforce is in the middle of nowhere. I was one of the people on campus, one of the few people, actually, who was fortunate enough to have a vehicle. So um, one day, my husband and I, then my boyfriend, we went to the mall. And you know how you go to the mall, and they have those cars, and they're like, oh, you could win this car. Put your information in this thing, and, you know, you could win. So we did it just for fun. And maybe a week later, I was contacted by this gym that said, hey, you didn't win the car, but you won a, a trial membership. And I'm like, oh, OK, cool. So, you know, I went up there. I checked it out. And the gym was absolutely amazing. It was a woman's gym, a woman's fitness gym. Everyone looked so happy. It was bright. It was shiny. And I, I was just so enamored about everything that I saw, right? So they're like, yeah, you know, you can do this free trial. And if you come back by January the 6th, which is my birthday, if you come back by January the 6th, you can cancel if it's not for you or if you don't want to do it. So I signed up. And it was kind of weird that I signed up. My husband actually laughed. because, like, why would you sign up for a gym? Like, it's not something that you need. You know, like it's not something that and when he says something that I don't need, he said it as in you're lazy and you don't go to the gym. <laughs> so, you know, I, I signed up for something essentially that I didn't need. I mean, we were in college. We had a, a gym on the university's campus and um, I, I just don't know why I did it at the time. I think I was so excited about the glitz and glamour of what I saw that I became distracted at the fact that I was a 20 something, depending on work study. And I didn't even go to the gym regularly. So why would I get this gym membership? And to make matters worse, the gym was 30 minutes out because our school is in the middle of the country. And so we had to drive to like other cities to do things. And so it would take me approximately 30 minutes to get there. So that was a lot. But again, young and silly, wasn't thinking about anything. And then when I decided to go back to cancel the contract, they were like, oh, no, honey, you didn't read the fine print. Um you know, you were supposed to uh, end this days ago because I had taken the agent's word from it. And, you know, when I left, I gave her the dirtiest look. But, you know, I was stuck. Right. You know, I felt like that I was stuck in that moment and I couldn't get out of that contract. So for three months, they were taking like one hundred dollars out of my account. And, you know, back back in the day, we were making only like nine dollars an hour. Uh, maybe even less than that for work study. So, I mean, that was a lot for me, especially that I um, especially given the fact that I didn't really have like a lot of money as a college student. So eventually I figured it out. 
right? So, you know, I didn't do my due diligence by doing the research in the beginning, but I combed through that contract. I looked through that contract so many different times. My mom came down from Columbus, um, which is about a 45-minute drive from where I went to school, and we looked through the contract, and finally, I found a clause that allowed me to cancel. So the clause was, if I lived outside of the radius of where the gym was, I could cancel. Now, granted, I was in within the radius. I was within the... Uh, was it like a 50 mile radius? But fortunately, I still had a Columbus address. Um, I never changed my driver's license and ID to where I lived. And fortunately, that allowed me to be able to get out of the contract. And so um, needless to say, I was successful at canceling the membership. But, you know, luckily, I, I did my research. And had I had read everything before, um, you know, that situation would have never happened. And essentially I'm telling you this story, not because I want you to avoid going to the gym, you know, shout out to the people who work out. I, I think about this story because I dived into a situation excited and didn't look at my options. It was a gym. I didn't work out. I mean, most of the time I could absolutely care less about working out, but it was the combination of seeing a shiny opportunity and honestly just not knowing how to say no. You know how sometimes you go to a store or you go to get a car and you have a salesperson and, you know, they're so persuasive and, you know, they're in your face and it makes you feel like you're, you're being pressured and you just don't know how to say no. And I think it was a combination of those two things that allowed me to get in that situation. And I started to think, you know, in life, we fall into so many different situations that are disguised as opportunities. It looked nice. It sounds nice. It might even feel right. But, you know, everything that glitters obviously is not gold. So it's important to kind of step back. You know, sometimes we hastily make decisions, but it's really important to temporarily remove yourself from, you know, environments and other people sometimes, you know, especially if those people are not conducive to your thinking process. And you have to get rid of those ideas of who you should be and what you should do, um, you got to get out of that environment. Because once you get out of that environment and allow yourself to think, you can access what you have, what personal values you already have, and you can take ownership of the direction that you want to take with a specific decision. So what I wanted to do today was to kind of talk you guys through some of the things that I've learned about decision making. Again, sometimes I still make impulsive decisions. I'm not perfect. Like, you know, I definitely want to put that out there. But at the same time, there are a couple of things that I've learned that is so key and so critical to decision making. And it has allowed me to make better decisions and uh, thus allow me to have less drama and less stress in my life. So the first thing that I want to say is when you make a decision, especially a major decision, like I'm, I'm just talking major decisions right now, you want to wait at least 72 hours before you make that decision. So um, I believe is Warren Buffett, the millionaire, he, he makes sure that he sleeps on it. He doesn't make a decision immediately. It takes him a few days to actually make that decision because sometimes it's you get hasty when you make a decision because either A, you want to get it over with or B, because you're excited. I personally have said yes to so many different things in the moment. And then later on, I'm pissed because I realized that the commitment that I agreed to didn't serve my goals or my intentions. It was something that was one-sided, i.e. meaning that it only served the other person and did not serve me. So don't let that mood of the moment dictate your fate. Yeah, it, you can be excited about something, but don't let it make you make a choice that you'll later regret. 
Now, there's nothing wrong with tastefully telling somebody that you need time. Sometimes we need time to figure out what's next, especially if it's a life-altering decision. Now, granted, there are some opportunities that are time-sensitive and out of your control. However, if it's an opportunity that you seek, like, you know, say that you're going to apply for grad school or you're looking for new employment, you got to do your research beforehand. So that way, the decision-making process becomes easier. So again, um, with that tip, just make sure that you give yourself some time. So, you know, if you have that liberty, um, just be polite and say, you know, hey, this sounds like a really great opportunity. Let me have some time to think it over and be okay with that. You know, like, you know, most people, especially if it's a life altering decision, should understand that you need time to reflect and to make sure that it's something that's the best for you. Now, you know, if they try to pressure you and, and try to get you to do it at the moment, then that should be the instinct that you have that maybe it's not a good decision because no one should try to pressure you into something that you don't want, especially if they have your best interest in mind. Now, another thing that I've learned is really having confidence in yourself. So having faith that you are a magnet for opportunity and know that saying no does not disqualify you from receiving future opportunities. So, man, I see it so many times. I've done it myself. We get so caught up in believing that opportunities will never come around again. So as a result, we accept things and we settle because we simply believe that we're not good enough or we were lucky. You know, think about the people who get into relationships, right? They get into relationships with people you know that they're you know that they're not good people, but because that they feel like, you know, they're never going to have an opportunity like this. They're never going to find another man or never find another woman like that. They settle for that person and as a result, you know, it's always a sticky and messy situation in the end. Um and you have to realize too that, you know, if if something you think is good happens to you, know that they they can't happen for a reason. So you got to realize that you should never be afraid to reject an opportunity because you don't think something good or better will come along. You know, think about like employment, for example. Like, you know, sometimes people, they get these dream jobs and, you know, they feel like that they have to take them because it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. And granted, sometimes they are. But you have to understand that, you know, if someone thought you were good enough for this opportunity, someone else is going to think the same thing. So make sure that you have faith in yourself and know that if you say no to something, you know, if you make a decision not to do something, know that, you know, A, you should be trusting your gut and B, know that something better is coming for you. So um, definitely make sure that you have confidence in yourself and just don't say yes for the sake of saying yes just because you don't think something good is going to happen. There's always something good and something better around the corner. So um, one other thing that I think is so important is finding the right people to talk to who might have experience which you may potentially experience. Now, granted, sometimes we don't always have those resources around you. Like when I went to college, for example, you know, I really didn't have anyone in my family who had attended a four-year university prior to me and who could tell me about, you know, living outside the city of Columbus. Like all my family is from Columbus and, you know, I was really like the first one in my immediate family to go somewhere. So you have to realize that, um, even though you may not have those people immediately available, you have to figure out how you can find those resources. So, you know, for example, let's say that you're starting a business for the first time, right? You're making a decision to start a business, but no one around you has ever started a business before. That might be a good time to hire a business coach or a lawyer because they can give you the best advice. They can tell you, you know, the pros and cons. They can tell you what to look for, what to expect, and to put your mind frame in a certain 
um, in a certain area that it needs to be in. Because sometimes we try to talk to other people who haven't walked in our journey or haven't been in our shoes and they try to tell us things. And, you know, it kind of deters our decision-making process. We listen to people who really don't have any authority telling us what we should or should not be doing. Now, granted, if money is a problem, especially if this is something for business, um, the one thing that I've really learned how to use are online communities like Facebook groups. There are a ton of groups on Facebook dedicated to entrepreneurship, personal development, literally anything that you can think of. And there's people who are so eager to help you and so ready to help you become the best version of yourselves. And, you know, they get it in and, and they allow you to um, kind of pick their brains. So, you know, make sure that you're using utilizing those communities to your ability. Now, the most important thing that I feel like is to make sure that you're seeking others who will look at your situation objectively, um, people who look at it without putting too much emotion in it, and most important, to find people who have the best intentions for you. Now, <clears throat> the next tip that I have for you all is really just making sure that you don't allow yourself to be pressured into something that you truly don't want to do. Now, you know, I mentioned it before, um, the gym membership, I was kind of 50-50. I kind of wanted to do that. But trust me, I'll say yes to, again, so many things. And I, and honestly, I really didn't want to do them, but I was really more so um, trying to make other, other people happy, right? You know, there are some people in the world who can talk to anybody into anything, even if it's things that we don't want to do. Granted, we all have that level of disability. Why? Because really in our own way, we all carry a strong level of influence. So it is important because we know that we have influence. It's important to understand the influence that others have over our decision making abilities. Now you have to ask yourself, are you making a decision because you want to make someone else happy or because you don't want to disappoint them? Now, while someone else might be happy with your decision, remember that you have to live with it. You have to understand the why behind your decisions and make sure that what you choose is truly for you and not for somebody else. Now, you know, in the event that you have a child or uh, a significant other, you know, of course, each major choice that you make is not about you. Obviously, you have to move differently when you're attached to others, like, you know, people who have families. You have to think about everyone else's best interests and how your decision can change everyone's overall lifestyle. So, you know, just make sure that, you know, as you're making a decision, you're making this decision solely for you and you're not doing it because you want to make somebody else happy because at the end of the day, um, you have to live with it. Another tip that's really important is utilizing self-reflection to make the best decision for you. So it kind of goes back to understanding your why for the decision. So a lot of times decisions that we make, um, sometimes they're not opportunities, they're problems. So if you're dealing with a problem in particular, it's important to reflect before making a decision. Um, sometimes the right decision can lead you to greater opportunities, but it makes, it's essential to make sure that you're tackling the right problem. For example, um, let's say that you are like, oh my gosh, I hate my job. You know, I need a new ball. You know, I hate my boss. I hate the job. You know, I want to switch careers. Now, do you want to switch careers because you truly want a new career or is it because you just don't like your boss? Or, you know, maybe you decide that, you know, hey, you know, like I'm in this relationship or it seems like I'm always getting into these relationships and they never work out. 
um, you know, or I, I don't like this guy. Maybe I should find a new boyfriend. Do you need a new boyfriend or do you need to set different settings or excuse me? Do you need to set different standards or expectations for yourself? So you have to self-reflect because without self-reflection, the same problems will tend to repeat themselves. So you have to look beyond the surface and don't make a decision based on the wrong problem. Uh, there is some additional research that I found by Dr. David Welsh. He's a professor of political science at the University of Waterloo in Ontario, Canada. And he's the author of Decisions, Decisions, The Art of Effective Decision-Making. He says that people who aren't self-reflective are going to end up making bad decisions because they really don't know what they want in the first place. So let that marinate. Um, you know, definitely make sure that you're self-reflecting and understand, especially if things happen over and over again, understand what might potentially be the root of that problem. So I have a couple more um, I have three, actually, and these are probably some of the most important. So one is setting the precedent for what you need. So if you have multiple options, you know, let's say that you have a decision and there's a lot of different things at stake, it's really important to think about what are the things that are most important to you and how it relates to your why. So you want to start to think about the things that may be irrelevant or unrelated or not in your best interest by doing so. So one thing that's most important is making a list, like lists, Making lists literally saves my life. And I feel like when you make a list of what you want, it's easier to weigh your wants against what's being offered to you. Because if you know you want certain stuff and if what is being presented to you doesn't offer it, it's a lot easier to make an elimination. So it'll be a lot clearer of what you want to do once you start to set those standards for yourself. So again, make, make sure you set the precedent for everything that you need in terms of making a decision. And my second to last, have confidence in knowing that you are not stuck. So, you know, before I was talking to you guys about the out that I found for my gym contract, hallelujah, thank you. I had talked to customer service people like a million times and I like begged them to cancel my contract. So they were just being mean, like, no, ma'am, once you sign, you sign. And, you know, I thought I was screwed. So when I finally found that clause, I felt like nobody could F with me. Like I, I was invincible. So one thing that is so important to consider is to make sure that if you do take an opportunity or make a decision, evaluate the loopholes or the way out. One of the most important last years I learned in 2017 about business was to make sure um, that I had agreements in writing. I entered a business partnership with someone that I really trusted. And so, you know, when you trust somebody, you you don't think the worst of them. So you don't worry about things. I mean, writing an agreement was at the back of my mind. But, you know, I didn't really want to offend the person. So I, I tried not to, you know, push it a lot. But unfortunately, we started to create this amazing product together. But then as a result, that person began doing their own thing with the product that they that we created together <laughs> and you know and I didn't get any profit from it so had we had put those boundaries in place we might still have a strong relationship and we may have continued to create the product that we were doing but because um we didn't put parameters on our relationship um as a result you know we had to end the relationship and it didn't end in the best way so you know when you have those parameters in writing and when everyone has an understanding it keeps you honest and straight um, sometimes when we work with people, especially in business, and this is in relationships too, people's, their agenda changes. And, you know, that's applicable to anybody, romantic relationships, business, family, friends, everything. So it's important to make sure that you protect yourself when you make a major decision. 
especially if there are money or what you consider to be valuable friendships or relationships at stake. So always make sure that you're not missing out on those opportunities to protect yourself if things don't necessarily go the way that you want them to go. And finally, um, this is one of the most important and honestly one of the most interesting things that I've learned about decision making. So I came across a term a while ago called decision fatigue. So if you've never heard of decision fatigue, it's basically about your willpower. So your willpower or your ability to make decisions is basically like a muscle. So, you know, right, we all have muscles in our body. Naturally, muscles can get tired when we overwork them. And it's the same thing about your ability to make decisions. Your willpower can get so fatigued when you use it back to back. So as a result, it's easy to make decisions that you would not otherwise make. Um, There's some very interesting research about this. So you all have seen judges. (laughs) We've seen them in movies. We might have seen them in real life. But um, there's an interesting study about judges that I want you to think about. So a organization called the National Academy of Sciences examined the factors that impact whether a judge approves a criminal for parole. So they looked at over 1,000 judges over a 10-month period. And basically, the rulings were made by a parole board judge who determined whether or not to allow a criminal to be released from prison on parole. So you might think that the judges were influenced, right, by the time a crime committed. So you might think, you know, oh, well, this person raped someone, so obviously, no, they're not going to get off. But they found that the choices that the judges made were impacted by all kinds of things that shouldn't have an effect in the courtroom. And the biggest part was the time of day. (laughs) So it's very interesting. So they found that at the beginning of the day, a judge was likely to give a favorable ruling of 65% of the time. But, you know, as the day goes on and as they get into the afternoon, the judge became drained. And ultimately, um, the likelihood of the criminal getting a favorable ruling, a.k.a. getting parole, dropped to zero. And after a judge takes a lunch break, the odds go back up. You know, they're more likely to have a favorable ruling. But then as the day goes on, the ruling will go back down. So what they learned in this survey was that... um, excuse me, in the study, it was essentially that a criminal was much more likely to get a favorable response if there were parole hearing was scheduled in the morning than if it was scheduled at the end of a long session. So in other words, if you were to get a hearing in the morning, more than likely, because the judge had a clear mind, they hadn't made so many decisions throughout the day, you were more likely to get a better um, outcome. So I, I think that's so interesting. Um, you know, it, it didn't matter what the crime was, as long as they were, you know, one of those first few people in the morning, I mean, they were basically good. Now, you know, unfortunate to the people who had to deal with the judge at the end of the day, because more than likely they wouldn't get the uh, the outcome that they wanted. So I say that quick, um, I reference that quick study, because I think it's so important to understand how decision fatigue affects us. As I said earlier, we make about 35,000 decisions every day. Um, That's a lot of decisions. And you have to understand the best way to break decision fatigue. So one of the best things to do is to try to think about a decision in advance. So that way, if life happens, if you know, you know, you have to make a decision that day, and if you hadn't had time to think about it, um, you have that time before because you know exactly what you want to do. So try to think about how you can make a decision in advance so that way you're not forced to make a decision on the spot. Now, if a decision is something that's critical, you want to make it the first thing that you do before the rest of your day kicks in because, again, you um, you won't have that luxury of really being able to concentrate. Now, based on the research with the judges, you're more likely to make a sound decision in the morning as well. 
And finally, you also want to make sure that you simplify your your life as much as you can. Sometimes, like, we bombard ourselves with unnecessary stuff. Like, sometimes decisions don't have to be decisions because we allow things that are not important to us take up our space and our time. So, um, ultimately, when we do that, it pulls energy and willpower from the things that truly matter. So, you know, make sure you understand what are the things that are occurring in your life. Are those things necessary? And if they're not necessary, um, eliminate them. So that way you can make more decisions. You know, I once heard that like people like Barack Obama, Mark Zuckerberg, um, a lot of, you know, people who are wealthy, some of these prominent figures that we see every day. um, One interesting thing that they do to eliminate the amount of decisions that they make is that they pretty much wear the same outfits every day. So they all get like Obama has so many suits that are the same. Mark Zuckerberg literally wears a T-shirt and jeans and like a hoodie every single day because it you know, they're minuscule things compared to the things that they have to think about throughout their day. So, you know, instead of spending an hour trying to think about what they can wear, they have the comfort of knowing that, you know, all they need to do is to put on the same T-shirt and jeans and they're good. So, you know, that's just one example. Try to understand what are the things that you can do to simplify your life so that way you have more room in your life to make better decisions. So that is all of my tips. <laughs> I gave a lot more than I would typically do, but I think everything this this topic is just so important. Um, it's really important to understand not just necessarily looking at the decisions, but the process behind how we make the decisions. So I hope that today's podcast has inspired you to think about how you actually make decisions. You know, for some of this, this year is going to be our best year yet because we're speaking it into existence and claiming it. However, it's necessary to really self-reflect and to make sure that the future major decisions that we're making are not being clouded by our inability to understand how the decision-making process is damn near as important as the decision itself. Before I go, I definitely want to leave you with this quote. Life is about choices, some we regret, some we're proud of. Some will haunt us forever. The message, we are what we choose to be. Graham Brown. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Pink Lemonade. Let me know how you plan to make better decisions in 2018 by sending me a tweet at SBG Code. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Google Play. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time. Peace.